Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the latest edition of First Down Snapcast. I'm your host, Richard Butler, joined tonight by fellow analysts Charles Clawson and Stuart Horsfall. And tonight we're talking everything AFC East. We have got Matt Hubbard representing the Dolphins, Amph representing the Jets. The Bills, unfortunately, the Buffalo and the New England Patriots representatives have dropped out. So I will get bagged on for everything Patriots-wise. And we'll talk about Bills in a good place because they're probably the best team in the division. I can take Bills. <laughs> Richard. Could you have actually said that any faster? Because I knew you'd interrupt at some point. I wasn't going to interrupt because I'm on a, I'm on borrowed time, so uh, I'm quite happy to let you run with it. <laughs> it's also I don't know, less editing to do tonight if I don't have to cut you out. If I suddenly disappear from view, by the way, this this uh, iPad is precariously balanced on my steering wheel, <laughs> and I don't know how it's even standing on it. So if I suddenly disappear, you know why? No worries, right? So. Just as we get into Matt, Matt and Amph, um, just like to know how you got into the NFL and why you selected Miami and Jets as your teams. Whoever wants to go first, I'm happy with that. I'll let you go first, Matt. <laughs> um, why did I get into it? I got into it in the 80s, I guess it's a bit of a old school way. So I started watching it, Channel 4, etc. sort of thing. Dolphins, it's again, obvious thing in it. It was... It was Marina, to be honest, just the way they played in that. It was something magical about it, I guess. Um, yeah, been sort of hooked ever since. Dolphins have been terrible ever since, pretty much. So, um, yeah, stuck through it. Hopefully that's changing. But, yeah, that was sort of the main reason. Sort of got into it. That first Super Bowl would be the Bears. Bears 85. Um, beat the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins should have been there. They played the Patriots in there, but the Patriots beat the, the Dolphins in a championship game. So, yeah, so I started from there, really. Um, and it was massive in the 80s, especially in, in Bradford. I had like an NFL shop and stuff like that. You lot will remember that, but it did. I remember uh, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. not Bradford, but I remember it being massive. Yeah, and it, it had a shop and everything. So, yeah, it was... Yeah, great. Um, There's a lot of people sort of got into it around that time. That's why the Dolphins and the sort of Bears and stuff like that have got sort of that following, isn't it? Yeah, you've got massive followers. Obviously, you've seen Dolphins over here. Have you managed to go over to Miami, Matt, to see no, the Dolphins? No, yeah, that's the plan next year. Leaving it on 50 next year, so, yeah. I'm still the oldest one on here. <laughs> <laughs> we, put, we do that on purpose, though, Charles. It's Thank part you. of our Caring the Community project for I'm, you. 
I've got to say, back in the eighties, Dolphins, the Dolphins were one of the sexy teams to yeah, uh, great to team. support. Yeah, mm. with the Marx Brothers, you know. But yeah, I mean, clear. To, be fa- to be fair, Matt's right though. There is a, there is a very large UK fan base for both the Bears and the Dolphins, and it, it does and Washington to be honest, and that probably stems from the eighties. Yeah, you look at yeah, you got your forty nine as well, sort of mixing in that mix as well, so. I don't know what Nicky mentioned, wasn't it, when we had him on about them four core teams, but they were the ones you saw everywhere. Yeah, I think they were the ones at the time as well. They were the ones that were getting the TV time because they were playing well. They had the superstars of that era. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's going to look back on there and say that Kansas are this, this generation's version of the 49ers of the 80s. Well, the nine the nineties was was uh, Seahawks and Packers, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. When, it's funny. I was just going to say it's funny when you look back on things and the the era, for certain teams. But isn't this also a sort of thing that that I don't want to go too heavily into this because you'll find out on my limited knowledge. But the fact that you know how the drafting works and stuff, this idea that all teams are created equal, and so you but you always get some rise into the top, but in different decades, it's different teams that are at the top of the game. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, with the draft, it, it's you can never have an instant fix, can you? It's always going to be a two or three year burn definitely yeah, to get a you, team. You can hit on it occasionally, don't you? But very rarely. Yeah, it's very rare that you just you just create a team out of nothing and and then you know, you know, a lot of people say in the Buccaneers were have come out of nowhere. But if you look at the roster when they were under Winston, they were only a couple of pieces away from being a very good team. And as soon as they fixed the quarterback, it kind of all came together. So they did have a good roster. I'm intrigued on how your journey into the NFL begun and how the Jets came into your life. So mine's quite a, quite a nice story. Um, I was lucky when I was at high school that I got to go to um, America and work experience. Uh, so I did hospitality and leisure studies and um, I did like a day working at Madison Square Garden. I did a day working at the MCI Centre, which was baseball related. And I got to do a day at the Jets, train, Jet, the Jets training facility. Um, and it was like on one of the days, it was like pre-season, it was a green and white scrimmage. Um, so we're like walking down at this point, didn't know a single thing about American football, had no interest in it. And then as we looked over the field, we just saw like one guy run through about eight blocks and just lie them all down. And then all we saw was like number 28 come running on like past us. And like it was Curtis Martin, so straight away it was like, this is intense. I need to start watching this. Started following, and then obviously as it picked up in the UK, it got bigger for us, like following it. So there's a few people I went to school with who all follow the Jets, and we're all like being punished ever since. But we're sticking sticking true to it. I have, right, I'm, I have several I'm, I'm, questions here. Sorry, I have sure, several sure, questions. Sure, sure, sure. You've got loads of questions. I've got one question I've got to ask very quickly because I'm very confused. Isn't He said he used to be at school. Isn't he still at school? <laughs> I'm feeling really old now, <laughs> but he looks like he should still be at school. In fact, it's a bit late for him to be up. What? Yeah. I, I want to know what kind of private school you went to because I tell you what, there were none of that in there were none of that over here. Do you know, do you know what, right? It wasn't even my school is not posh at all. We just had a really cool head of year who she was retiring when we were leaving. So she was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make it like the best year group ever. So I, I, I did, job, I did like three international trips as school trips. No, I mean, a lot of my teachers just didn't want to talk to you, let alone sort stuff out for you. But I think I had, a, I had a week at HSBC Bank and a week at Woolworths. Yeah, I did uh, Washington, Philadelphia, New York for 10 days. You know when you really start to go off people? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was fortunate. It was a lucky lucky experience. So what, what school are you at now? <laughs> school of life, Charles. The school of life. That, that's me, school of life, and I'm showing it. Yeah. You're um, failing as well, to be honest. I failed at school as well, so nothing new there. So, obviously, it's all changed in the AFC East now. I think every team was happy when Brady decided to move on. And it, I think it's been shown for about two years, even in his final year there, the change in the guard with the Buffalo emergence. Miami was starting to re-emerge. Jets were hit and miss. They had a bit of good form, but still weren't sure of the direction. 
after last season, obviously, Matt, there's a lot of confidence in Miami that they're probably going to be the main challenges to the Buffalo Bills. And I'm with the new project on quarterback. You've redone pretty much the Darnold project, point two. What are your hopes based on last year going into this year? Again, either I'm... We can go which way I want. I can keep it a nice flow here. I think for for me, uh, we're already in a totally different position, I think. Um, Lots has happened that a lot of people don't realise. Yes, we've got a new head coach, new, pretty much new everything, new quarterback, new wide receivers. We actually have a team now, which towards points of last year, it was, yeah, we were in eighth and ninth string wide receivers at some point. Uh, we were bringing people up weekly off the practice squad, where some of the big things that have changed for us this year that have got us excited as fans is our GM now reports to the owners. Our head coach reports to the GM. We've never had that. It was always the GM and the head coach were on equal pegging, both reporting to the owners. So that's a big change for us that actually now we've got the same structure as a lot of other teams so it feels like everybody's on the same page. We're all working towards the same thing. That's exciting. Uh, we've changed our total defensive scheme. We've gone from a 3-4 to a 4-3, which suits a lot of our, our younger players. So that's another exciting part. Yeah, we've got we've got Zach. Um, I wasn't sold on a single quarterback in this draft, not even Trevor Lawrence. So I said whoever we got, I would be happy with because I knew we were going quarterback. But at the minute, there's not really that much to get excited for until he actually throws a pass and is proven. I got too excited with Arnold four years ago, so I'm, I'm not I'm not getting too excited about that yet. But I feel like we've, we've filled some gaps and we're taking a step forward. We're not going to go out and win 12, 13 games. I think we've got eight winnable. Uh, if we get six or seven... I think we're about on track with where we should be. So yeah, that's that's where I think we're at at the minute. Do you, do you not do you not think that with Darnold, the Jets <laughs> never actually put him in a position where he could actually oh, use his 100%, talent? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I've been calling Darnold uh, the next uh, Drew Brees. I, I think Carolina have got a great chance of like stealing it away from Tampa when Brady does go because I think they're set up now. I think they've got a great, great team around him and they're going to allow him to play. I mean, anybody gets better when you put Christian McCaffrey in the back field. Yeah, I mean, t- t- to be honest, I-, I agree with you. I think the Darnold trade was was a stroke of genius from from the Panthers. And I'd, I felt like the Jets never actually gave him, or they never actually put him in a position where he could actually succeed. He was always no. kind of swimming against the tide a little bit. Whereas... To your point there, they seem to have sorted out their in-house issues. And the way they've gone about creating that roster this time round is just the way they've addressed free agency and the way that they've gone about it in the draft. Um, starting with the trenches and then building out, obviously, into the key positions, I think. I always pick one team, which I'm always intrigued about. Last year was the Browns, obviously, with Stefanski moving from the Vikings. And, and they and they did well. And this year, it's the Jets. That's my kind of... Secret crush this year is going to be the Jets because I think there's something brewing there. Yeah, you just have to watch um, anything to do with Robert Salah. Like, honestly, that man could get me to run through a wall. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine what it's like for the players to be around him day like day in, day out. And you've got to think, all we opted out of OTAs and day one we had 85 people turn up. Mm. on an opt-out. There was only three players not there. And one of them yeah. had a broken foot. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we feel the tide's moving. Is it too early to get excited? Yeah, but we're going to anyway. We're Jets fans. We don't have much excitement in our lives. <laughs> Salah's spoken very highly of in San Francisco, so it comes with a lot of great reputation. And I, I think not one person's got a bad word about him, how he organises and all. So, so it's all good news for the Jets. Yeah, really. I think Lafleur as well coming in as uh, OC. I think that's that's quality when you think the people who he's been around in his career and his life. I mean, we've got Shanahan and the other Lafleur. I mean, <laughs> San Fran meets Green Bay. If we can get anywhere in the middle of that, even a little bit lower in the middle, I'll take. 
I'm starting to get excited now by all this. And we'll get, and we'll get, and we'll get to see it first hand as well when they come over. To, to be oh. honest, one of, this division is is one of the most intriguing. Yeah, definitely. It didn't. It wasn't always a case either. No, it wasn't. It was literally who's going to come second, and that's. Um, and that was it. And now, now I'm actually thinking. I mean, I still think Bills are the the favourite for the division, yeah. but I think yeah. the other three, the other three spots, it's a fight for second out of all the three. I think it's genuinely a, an open battle, and I could definitely see potentially two playoff teams from this division. Yeah, with the expanded division, I mean playoff system now. There's a good strong Miami gave it a late push last year, didn't they, Matt? Yeah, I guess to win ten games and not getting playoffs pretty disappointing. Um, you know, when you look at other teams with a horror record, not getting, but that, that's the way it goes. And yeah, I mean, last year better than expected, definitely. I mean, you can look at it. Obviously, this year you, you, everything's going to be based a lot of pressure on like Tua. Does he step up? Is he the quarterback that you know we've drafted him to be? Who knows? Similar, we we never saw it last year. We didn't surround him. We he had you know poor weapons. You can look at we had a lot of injuries. The you had sit outs as well, though, didn't you? Last year, yeah, we had a few, yeah. Uh, I don't think it helped weirdly that, that putting him in potentially a little bit early when Fitzpatrick were doing so well. Why, why change it? And then similarly as well, I don't think it helps take benching him. You know, and then bringing Fitzpatrick in to close a game out because that's not going to you know give him any confidence moving forward. So yeah, it's a massive year for him. Um, Tiger Bailoa is a, a very interesting case for this season because he's sounding, he's making positive noises yeah, I mean, about he's, this he's, is his year. Perfect, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, in some ways, unfair to judge him. You know, he's come off a big injury. Mm. You know, he's not had any preseason. You've surrounded him with a pretty weak receiving core to start with, and then you've got injuries, no backfield, young O line. We know with another year on, we've built around it. We've got arguably one of the best, you know, top ten set of receivers now. You know, I know there's injury doubts against a few like with Fuller, etc. But you bring Waddle in, something like that, who can score from anywhere on the pitch. So, yeah, hasn't it come out this week that um, Tiger Vialoa was actually more injured than it it was believed? Yeah, I've read that. We've read reports along that line. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, really serious injury to even come back and mm. get close to playing is mm. amazing. But that's why again, I, I, in, there was no pressure on it last year, and they, they put the pressure on him. Yeah, you know, we probably overachieved in some respects. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I I don't see why they put him in. I think Fitzpatrick was doing <clears throat> the job that they needed him to do, and, and I think they must have put him in in the hope that he was going to be as explosive as, you know, someone like Justin Herbert. I think that's what they were kind of pinning yeah, it on. Yeah. But like you say, with the underlying injuries, it was it was never going to be the case. We set him up to fail in a lot of respects. Yeah, and you just don't, you want to be careful. A lot of these teams are kind of chasing success and they throw a lot of these quarterbacks in far too soon. Um, and they don't put them in situations like we've just talked about with Dan, or they don't put them in situations where they're actually going to succeed. And it just, yeah. you know... Three or four games where you're getting pounded just takes their positivity and their kind of um, confidence and just saps out of them. That way too. I mean, he had, he had some relatively good games, like the Cardinals, Willie against the Chiefs, where he, I wouldn't say he went toe to toe with Mahomes, but he, he matched him for a large period of that game. But then you look at other games like Broncos, the Raiders, he looked like, you know, like literally lost. And it goes back. It goes back, I think, to the, this whole problem with the NFL, and it's, it's, it's true of a lot of sports these days, that they want to rush the big names and the big signings through. And there's no thought to, you know, well, to the long term, it's all short termism. They want them in, they want them performing. If yeah. they don't perform, they're out the door. I think it's sport in general nowadays, isn't it? There's so much. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah. Even so, with, with, the, with the NFL. You go on. The big thing with Tua is um, you've also got to think. They went from Fitzmagic, who is your regular quarterback, right-handed, to Tua, left-handed. Yeah. Completely changes the all-line workload. Well, so yeah, you're right tackle because right you're tackle and a right guard who are used to being like on on the clear side, all of a sudden now protecting a blind side. It's a totally different skill set, and they were changing it mid-game. They were changing it week to week, and it was just like, how can you expect like? 
a player to go, right, I'm I'm guarding a visual side to the blind side. I'm going strong to weak. It's it's too much to ask. Like if you were gonna roll with him, you have to roll with him and stick it. Stick it and then go, you know what, it didn't work. Next week we're gonna revert back. Just so people know their assignments. I mean, Miami of this the the last three years and even going into next year, they are set to become an absolute force. Yeah, the roster, we've got a fantastic roster. Weaknesses on there, like every roster, but I mean, two million draft pick, though. I mean, I mean, I know I'd love to do business with with like Houston again if we could do that. Yeah, that Tunsil trade has turned out to be genius. I mean, just just to that point on the O line, it's not even just the O line. If you think about it, you know, if if you're a wide receiver and you're lining up on the right hand side, um, you're going from the quarterback throwing open bodied to a quarterback that's throwing across his body. So the trajectory of the past changes completely. Yeah, everything changes, doesn't it? So everything changes. So I, I totally agree with that. And that's probably why the defence was the kind of the side of the ball that stepped up. Um they were the biggest surprise for me. I did not expect them to perform as well as they did to be what the top three, top five defence. I think they were flo- floating around top five, weren't they? Yeah, at times they were at the top of that way. Yeah, they did again, going back like what Anne said about like uh, with Salah, but I think the similar sort of thing with Flores, he does inspire that confidence. People want to go and do it for him. Look at the year where there's the alleged tank for two a year, which even then they out massively outperform. He gets the best out of every, every you know, every, whoever's on the roster wants to play for him. He sort of brings that. I don't know. You could, you could, you could. I hate to say it, but you could say it brings that sort of Patriots mindset to it. You know, that's why he's picked that up from. Yeah. All right, he's taken bits from that and run with it himself. But yeah, like you just said, the Dolphins are set up to you know potentially be a you know a strong. Yeah, I, I, I think the only, the only team that can beat the Dolphins going forward are the Dolphins. Yeah, if, <laughs> if they do something crazy like they did a few years ago, I mean, it's not unheard of for the Dolphins to trade away all their best players. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Um, but even when, when we were mock drafting this year, like. Uh, like the Jets admin team on the group, we all we all did it, and we were sat there and we had to delete half of it because we were like, we were just so annoyed that we were making the Dolphins so good, and there was no other way to do it. Wherever you pick, yeah. you've got better. And, they, and they're gonna have that next year because even the picks they've got from Houston, because of how bad Houston potentially are gonna finish, they're gonna be high picks. Yeah, still got plenty of picks next year as well. So that's the fruit. The future looks really bright, bright in that respect. You know, like it's a valid point. Yeah, they they, they could potentially they implode a lot that Dolphins have set themselves up, and it's not the first time they've done this. Maybe not in this to this degree. Different way, you know, philosophy this time. Uh, we used to always attack free agency. We would win free agency every year. We would sign whatever, but then we don't. We didn't translate it enough. Now, different approach now, and I think arguably, if we, I won't say we won the draft, but we came out of the draft. You know, I wouldn't say we made one bag pick, really. That's some decent additions. I'm hoping, Matt, that the Dolphins will put a better show on in London than when the last came over. So, on managing quarterbacks, obviously, we've seen a Sam Darnold situation, a Tua situation. Have Buffalo got it right how they've gone with Josh Allen? Literally, they've put him in and they've said, you're playing. We're not pulling you out. And they've stuck by him. And, obviously, championship game. That's, that, to be fair, that's the way that for me, you've, you've either got to go two ways with a quarterback that's young. You either got to sit him behind someone with experience and give him at least a year to bed into the system, or you put them in and you say, even if you are absolutely terrible, you've got a free pass for a year. And for me, that's what the Bills did. And they're obviously re- reaping the rewards for it now. But to be fair, they did build a lot of pieces around him, you know, trading for people like Diggs, giving him an elite wide receiver. Um, they got a lot of help in the backfield um, with um, Zach Moss and Singletree as well. So they've built a very good roster and they've also, they've addressed in the draft the probably the weakest area for me, which was their pass rush and their first two picks were pass rush. So yeah. they're going to be... to be a Super Bowl team out there. Yeah, I don't think they'll be a million miles off. I'm a little bit on the other way. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the Josh Allen situation and saying that last year he benefited from the fact that he got digs 
and he got Singletree and he got Moss because nobody knew what he could do with weapons. Now we've got a full season and off season of tape on him. I I don't think we can take one season and go like at the minute people have got him ranking up there with the likes of Mahomes. Up to yeah, the beginning of last season, he was the same as Sam Darnold for numbers. They've put a team around him and he's did better, but he has to do it again this year. If he doesn't put those numbers up... Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I do think that last year uh, he might have peaked. He might not get exactly to those numbers again. I still think he'll be a top quarterback. You do well, I'm, not, I'm not disputing he's good, but... I'm not ready to bestow him next Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh no, no, I totally agree with you. You've got you've got to do those numbers consistently over three, four, five years before you get to yourself up there. But at the minute, yeah. he's he's. I'd say the direction in which he's going is a positive one. Yeah. See, the, is... the one thing that worries me about uh, Buffalo for this year of them improving is that coming out we're halfway through OTAs now. The depth charts are out, and not a single one of their draftees are in the number one or number two spot. They're all number three spot. So none of them are moving it's, up the depth chart. It's now, the same with, I, don't, I won't read anything to that. It's the same with the Vikings. None of our draft picks, even our, our left tackle, who is guaranteed to start first game, is, run, <laughs> is running with the threes at the minute. So, I think it's a good, I think it's a question of uh, for, for Buffalo. It's that difficult second album. I think, you know, they had nothing to prove last season. This season they've got everything to prove, yeah, yeah, but it's almost yeah. like it's almost like the other three teams are, are, are in, or certainly two of them are, are catching up, you know, on the on the rails. Yeah, so I mean, it'll be a very interesting league next season. It, it will be. I mean, ju- just back to that point about draft picks, it, it's very it's very surprising for them to come in and do rookie minicamp and then the first OTAs go straight into running with the firsts because obviously they've got to run, they've got to learn the playbooks, they've yeah, got to learn yeah. all the intricacies of the of the team. A lot of the teams will have them running seconds and thirds, at least up until first preseason games. Looking at most of them now, though, most of them have got first and seconds from this year's draft on the depth charts. I've just gone through a few teams there, but they're the only ones where there isn't one. But they are they are deep in positions where they're drafted, so mm. it it might be just me looking at numbers a little bit too much. But I I, I hope that they can live up to it because it makes the division interesting. But I think I need to see a little bit more from them this year than last year. I, was I think what's that- crucial, I think what's crucial as well, is they could be, the for the first time in a long time in that division, they could be the team to beat. And that makes it feel a lot more difficult for them. Yeah, I think yeah. they were the team to beat. To be fair, I think they were the team to beat last year as well. Yeah, they probably yeah, were. Okay. And, that's, they were. and that's probably not because they were... I would say they weren't. We weren't expecting them to be an outstanding team. I think it was more down to the fact that the other three teams we all expected to be a little bit poor. And well, we did have we did have Cam Newton. Come on, don't get me started on that. <laughs> hey, don't get me started on Cam Newton either. It's still, it's, opposite reasons. It's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the, the right, I'm going to be right. I'm going to be right. The writing was on the wall though. After we won the Super Bowl against the Rams, that that was that was it. That was the highest point it was going to be. And the year after it was decline. Obviously, the game with Miami, which was just shown for how bad we were. Obviously, Brady moved. It was obvious he was gonna. It was all. I think it was. It was, it was where he was gonna go. Where it was hottest, either Tampa or West Coast. It was planned. But when Cam Newton came, and you knew it wasn't a long-term project. Yeah. And they almost, just... they almost sort of said, "We're gonna be at top 15, 16 here." So there's a chance of a yeah. quarterback in the draft. The, the way I is look that... at it is, the way I look at it with Cam Newton is, if Cam Newton still had anything about him, then Panthers would not have let him go. If he was it still got... at the same level that he was, they wouldn't have let him go. But they knew that he was done. He declined for a lot of years. If you look back, he's, yeah. he's never been same since Super Bowl Fifty. No, from Fifty onwards, he went down. Yeah, I, I mean... think his I think his biggest problem is, and I know this is going against the grain with everyone else, but it's his mock eccentricity. And I say that I seem to say this every week. If he gets his head back in the game, he starts. He stops trying to dress like some English gent. For for me, that's half the battle because I still think he's a good player. No, I think I he mean, just needs to concentrate. 
my my issue with Cam Newton is that his biggest asset was always the fact that he was that kind of dynamic running quarterback where yeah. he had the physicality mm. to run and yeah, got that. He he was always one of those where he would make, he would do his first read and if his first read wasn't there he would set go off. he would just set off. Yeah. And now he's been he's had so many injuries now that that now set off off and running is just not as dynamic as it used to be and he's now got to sit in the pocket and make plays. He has not got, for me, the intelligence to do the reads as quick as he needs to, to to basically be that pocket quarterback, and that's where he falls down. He's kind of well, stuck I, in limbo between two styles at the minute. I still I go back to do either. As much as I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to agree with you on it, but I can see your point. But to me, it's the fact that he's got too big for his boots, and I think that's at least half the problem. I concede well, what yeah. you're saying. His, his character is definitely bigger than. His ability you know, at the minute. Yeah, that's the first thing you think of Cam Newton. You don't think of his ability. You, you think of what he's going to turn up at press conferences. When, when he was when he was when he was league MVP, it's fair enough. When you're league MVP, it's fair enough. But now you've just had an absolutely atrocious year. You can't be Superman anymore. But he's had an atrocious year, and I, my take on it is is that he'll he'll knuckle down. He'll realise that's the case. And yes, this, the big question mark over is his ability that's still there. What I'm saying is it might be. Differences so last year it was either Hoyer or Stidham, and I don't think Belichick didn't trust them this year. He's got Matt Jones. Yeah, see, I, I think that's what Cam needs, right? So now Cam's got like two roles. He's got that grooming role to bring Matt Jones through, but he's also got that. Sounded a little bit wrong. But he's also got that thing of I'm Cam Newton, I have this ego, I cannot let this young kid come in and take it away from me after three weeks. If he loses it at nine or ten, Cam's like, you know what, fair dues. I gave it a go. But he, Cam's not going to give it up. But Belichick's brilliant at calming down egos. I mean, I think it's an absolute disgrace what he's did to Chase Winovich. Because Chase Winovich was the greatest person on Twitter and Instagram before he joined the Pats. And now he's hardly ever on there. Yeah. Because he calmed him right down. Probably not for the best, but if he can get even Cam, like because I I agree uh, that Cam, if he gets his head in it, he's still got ability. He's not he's not MVP, but I mean, if Jared Goff can get the Rams to a Super Bowl, Cam Newton can get the Patriots to one. Jared Goff get the Rams to a Super Bowl? That's a question. <laughs> nah, I, I just I. I think with I think Cam Newton's going to be a, one of those hot topics that is going to divide a lot of people. But I just I just can't see it. I can't see that pocket awareness for him to sit in there and make plays. And I think his biggest asset, which was his maneuverability and you know making extending plays with his legs, I don't think he's got that in his locker anymore. And I think it that's what's going to be his downfall. You look at look at last year how easy that's all you. To stop the Patriots, you could just you just shut that down, took that option away from him. I think well, the, 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 the Patriots got shut down a lot last year because basically teams blitzed, and he didn't know what to do because he didn't have the time in the pocket no. and he couldn't run. So or his head in the game. Yeah, I think there was one play where he was scrambling around. He ended up losing like twenty five yards because he just he just didn't know what to do. And for me, Matt Jones could probably teach Cam Newton a thing or two about just being an actual pocket quarterback. Of course, you, you mentioned about Mac Jones at the moment, and there's a lot of things coming out about him at the moment. Like, ooh, he's quite good. You know what I mean? This week, particularly, you know, people watching him and saying, "Oh, I didn't know he could do that sort of thing." Yeah. You know, so I, that's a, that's a big, well. big issue. I disagree. I mean, my pain point there is I disagree with Ant. I don't think Cam Newton can take Patriots to a Super Bowl. And you disagree with me, or I didn't say the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I don't think he'll see out the season. I think Mac Jones will be in before. I, I think he'll lose it at ten, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be as easy as what people think. I think Cam will step up this year because he won't want to tarnish his legacy. The one um, thing, I think I think he'll step up, but I, I just don't know whether he's got the ability to see it through. Why would you think not, he'll put a lot more effort in? Why did he not step up last year? He's you know, saying that he didn't want to tarnish his legacy. Why does he? I mean, because I, he still I, loved I, himself I, too much. He loved himself too much. Well, he knew he was never going to lose his job last year. He's not, you're not going to put Brian Hoyer, are you? True. Yeah. There's not necessarily that that pressure like you're saying. You're not going to put Hoyer in or all like that. Well, we mentioned um, that obviously the Dolphins had some sit-outs last year. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure that Patriots had the most in the league. Wait, our entire boom defence from the previous year sat out, so... <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't like sticking up for them, but they were against it last year. And this year, I think bringing in Smith and um, Henry um, at tight end, that will relieve a lot for Cam. Because he's got two big bodies, they can run two tight end sets and, and be fine. And yeah. he's not got he's not got to throw and kill Harry anymore. So <laughs> injury prone tight ends there as well. That's another thing. It's I mean I don't know what you think about the Patriots. The free agency completely goes against everything they've ever done. They've never, yeah. they've never been a yeah. big spender in free. Why all of a sudden chase? Is it is it panic? You can almost say, is it panic? I think it, it, it was last stand. Yeah, it's because he said he, never, he worked on a co- coaching to 17. He's almost there. So he's like, I need to leave something. But it's prom- I'm, more, I'm, more, can, I'm more promised about this season than I was last year. But it all hangs on the Cam Newton, Matt Jones, and when it switches. Just before we move on from, uh, from that, all I would say is Cam Newton's biggest enemies are his ego, his dress sense, his ability. Um, is, um, hey, hey, shut up, you. I'm not finished. <laughs> you take me off my train of thought now. Um, Mac Jones and the NFL. The NFL, the fact that we were talking about with, you know, the, the, the pressure to get your big name new players playing. And that's going to go against Cam Newton as well. So if he doesn't start, if, if assuming he starts the first game, if he doesn't hit the ground running, his days will be numbered. I do agree that. I just I agree with that. I just think that he has got the ability to still perform at the top level. And guarantee Matt Jones don't play week four when Tampa roll in though. <laughs> Brady can no, get rid of Cam Newton. I, I can see Matt, Matt Jones's first run out will be week two against the Jets. And it's just the way it happens. I mean, look, Baker came out against us and killed us. Well, Miami will kill Cam Newton in week one, won't they? So we <laughs> won't be able to play. So if you could say who has been your biggest loss in the off-season, but your biggest gain, either free agency or draft or comeback player? Loss, I mean, the Dolphins' biggest loss. I guess a lot of people would say it's Van Noy in that respect. I don't know whether it is, to be honest. I think, obviously, it, it a salary salary reason for me is the main thing. The, the, the cap was close. The Dolphins need to cut. So it cut. I mean, there's a lot of talk about cutting Howard or trading Howard. Van Noy, yeah, we spent a, a lot of money on him on a, a, a decent deal, cut him after a year. Van Noy is one of those where it's more the locker room leadership that you'll probably miss rather yeah. than... Yeah, uh... but weirdly, if you talk locker room, we cut like McCain as well. He was like a leader of a locker room, so you're going to miss that presence there. But on the field, yeah, Van Noy, you'd see him as the leader of the defence as well, I guess, even in that one year that he, he, he was there. Um be interesting to see how they re- react to that, you know, who's going to step up and lead that in that respect. Because on paper, again, we've got we've got a good D. Um, a bit weak maybe at edge rush, but also with like, Phillips now, that was a good pick in a draft. You know, there's, there's risk with that because he's off the field and, and all, you know, he's quick before and such. But the biggest cut, yeah, probably say Fitzpatrick, really, wouldn't you? Um, it's another leadership figure, though, isn't it? Yeah, going back to the Van Noy one, but you've brought McCarty in at cornerback, so yeah, I think but, I think secondary wise, I think arguably we've got a top five there. You've got Howard, you've got Jones, you've got Roy, you brought like McCarty in, they've got Holland in the draft. He's, you know, he's, he's number one as well at the minute in your depth chart. For me, for me, the the Dolphins' biggest crush that I've got at the minute is uh, that Liam Eichenberg, the tackle that they drafted in the yeah, second round. Yeah, they're right tackle, is what they're sort they're of. They're right, yeah. He's, That's what he, thought is a Plymouth right tackle, yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was good for Notre Dame, so I, he's, <clears throat> I was surprised that he fell as far as he did, to be honest, but he's he's a good he's a good tackle. And like you said, they're, they're kind of starting in the trenches. So he, he's on the depth chart as left guard. Number two. Yeah, I saw that. It depends where you read. I did see that today, actually, about where they've got him. I mean, it's, it's an interesting one because if you can get him, storm, he, can he, he, he can play guard or tackle, and he could play either side as well. He could play left or right. Yeah, if you get him He's as a swing tackle, one. that'll be the best position draft you've probably done in a decade. Because yes. a yeah. swing tackle with a left-handed quarter, uh, left-handed quarterback is gold dust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Absolute priceless. 
Yeah, yeah. Is, anyone, is anyone else concerned about the amount of NFL players that Stuart seems to have a crush on? <laughs> yeah, like, I, do, one. I do, I do, I do. There's, the thing is, though, going through the draft, you, you kind of earmark players that you think are either going to be... Well, yeah, you either... Because obviously, from a from a Vikings point of view, we needed O-line, so I did a lot of work on understanding what the O-line options were, and there was a couple of them that stood out. Um Luckily, I got the one that I wanted. Derisaw was was probably um, realistically number one on my board behind, obviously, Penny Sewell and, and Slater that we were never going to get because we were never going to trade up for him. So Derisaw was kind of number one that I believe we could get. And then I did have Eichenberg um, just behind Jenkins. Um, so it, it's a good pick for me because I didn't expect him because there's a lot of teams that I had him ranked higher than Leatherwood as well that Raiders took him first round. So... But again, it's all subjective, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it is weird. Does they pick any random people in the first? I'm round. not. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what Mike Mayock does. He sits there, looks at the big board, and goes, "Right, which one will mess with their heads the most?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that. But the, where the is it Feral that the the what is it? They took like seventh or something a couple of years yeah, ago. He's been weird, rubbish. <laughs> so it's obviously not working for him. They should probably go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say in New York then? I'm biggest loss, but probably best addition. Okay, um, biggest loss. We we haven't had one. <laughs> Everything that went has been a positive. Uh, there hasn't been a negative for me this this off season so far, apart from Quinn Williams breaking his foot. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, but you know, I thought what? that was just a Jets thing. <laughs> but. It's one of those things where I think positive, um, one of the biggest ones at the minute, it's got to be the return of CJ Mosley because we've been talking about that leadership. The Jets are young. I mean, like collectively, they're probably... It's one of the lowest, I think, isn't it? The Dolphins is the lowest, isn't it? We've got only one player over 30. So, well, yeah, I think we've got two or three that are up there. But... Just CJ coming back, and obviously he got interviewed the other day, and they said to him, "Oh, do you have do you have something to prove?" And he went, "No, I've got nothing to prove, but I've still got stuff to accomplish." And it's just like, "Oh, he's back, and he's not got a chip on his shoulder or anything. He's just out there to prove everybody that he is as good as what he was." I mean, he's played two games for us, and he's already got more sacks. <laughs> he's got sack an interception and a return in one game, and then he got two sacks in the other game. We've got players who've played for 10 years who've never had three sacks. <laughs> so, yeah, like, the positive, I've got to say, other than, obviously, the coaching, Zach, and the, the great draft, it has to be CJ coming back. The The only thing that could even go negative is we had a few players that we could have re-signed, but we, we chose to let them go, and but none of them will be a great miss with what we've brought in. Uh, other than obviously losing the ageless Frank Gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm sure you'll re-sign him in about 20 years. He'll still look the same. Frank Gore, I reckon Frank Gore's literally just carrying on playing so that he can play with his son. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of people said that, haven't they? We're Italy. Um, I mean, he's got a chance. Yeah, he has got a chance. He, his son's in this year's draft, isn't he? I think he can. He can he's eligible. He's eligible, yeah. I believe, for a draft if he includes this to go in. It's, so my, my take, my take on the Jets is because again they've got a couple of players that I, I think are going to be <laughs> very, very good for them. Um, I think is it Carter, the running back that they drafted right. from so, North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, so we've got, we've got two Carters. Two Carters yeah, they drafted three. <laughs> so there's Michael no. Carter, the running back, and then yeah. Michael Carter, the second, the cornerback. Was it from Carolina? North was it North Carolina? The, yeah, yeah. So he's I, I quite like the look of him. I think he was a uh, um, I expected him probably to go in the third round. So, I, but he, he's good. Elijah Moore, I think, is an absolute steal. I think yeah. he'll be really good. Um, and I like the fact that you've kind of got that <clears throat> left hand side. You've got the blind side tied up, obviously with Beckton and, and AVT. So. I again, this is why I've got a bit of a soft spot for Jets this year because I think they've gone about everything, you know, like Corey Davis, Tevin Coleman. They've added real depth. They've added, like you said, with uh, with um, Josh Allen, they've they've given Zach Wilson everything that he could need to succeed. Well, if if Zach Wilson doesn't succeed behind this, it can't be said. 
they didn't give him what he needed. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, and I bet Darnold's looking at it going, the fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he will not be happy. Yeah. It'll be interesting when that matchup comes against Carolina, see how that goes. Yeah, just because he wears a freaking headband and I've got dodgy hair. <laughs> so what I want to know, what I want to know, is there any Jets fans out there that are more excited than Ant about the coming season? Because I think the no, Jets fans are there that are more excited for the Jets than me. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've never met a more excitable Jet fan than Ant. Yeah, I think he's great. Do you know what? It's one of them. It, it's it's been a long time coming, and I, I've been I've been a fan from the bad to that almost year. The bad. Then, <laughs> then it got worse. And then it got gays. <laughs> now we're at this point where both been gay. On that, who do, who do you think's the worst coach, Bill O'Brien or Adam Gase? Okay. Um, well, put it this way, right? In my dictionary on my phone, I cannot type the word "gase." It comes up as the virus emoji, uh, and I can't change it back because it's been there that long. Yeah, so, but Gase, Gase was just a bad coach, so he just he just lost Gase. Bill O'Brien has basically brought the Texans to the knees for years, like I, years. No, I've got no doubt if Adam Gase had another year, we would have been worse off than the Texans. Gase has affected two teams as well, though. Do, do you think it? Do you, what's more stupid in that then? Is it the Texans' owner for allowing Bill O'Brien to just do what he did? Well, yeah, you'd have to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Do you think that, Do you think either of them will get another job? They shouldn't. I, I, I genuinely, I don't know how Adam Gase can call himself a coach because his people skills and his development are remedial at best. People skills are atrocious, yeah. Uh, his playbook, I can write a better playbook. I mean, I can put two X's on a la- on a board and draw a line <laughs> off, and it'll be a better playbook than what he had. Um, Pass it to Frank Gore, make him run. You know, you know it's bad when you've got one of the most aggressive defensive coordinators who deliberately, pretty much gives up his job and does a zero blitz with one pass left in the game. Like <laughs> he would not have threw threw that job away if he thought there was a chance. But just the thought that Gase was going to be there with him, he was like, "Nah, I'm done." <laughs> Also, the playoffs, though. So, do you, do you know what? I was meant to be at that Raiders game last year. I had tickets booked and everything, and then obviously everything happened. And I was watching that, thinking if I was at that game, I probably would have threw myself out the stands. <laughs> right? I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't keen on um, any of the quarterbacks in the draft. I wasn't overly excited. Not even Trevor. At that point, everybody was on the Trevor train. I was like, we're going to get him. It's fine, I'm not over it. But at that point, like Jets fans went insane when when that game went. But while all the these levels of excitement are as high as they are, who's gonna win the division? Miami. I, okay. Yeah, I weirdly think we will. I know that sounds going against <laughs> what I said the Bills are set up to be a Super Bowl team, but very rarely does it Repeat. I mean, you can you can argue that against because the Patriots have won it for God knows how many years before. But yeah, I, I, I weirdly do think we'll be there or thereabouts. I'm not saying we're going to go Super Bowl. I don't think we're set up. We're not quite there yet. But I think we can win the division. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I've ever Richard before either. Well, I don't think Richard. It's... Richard, you're not getting off the hook. I'm, I'm not. Qu- Come on, I need an answer. I'm saying so. I think it'll be Miami or Buffalo, but probably Miami or Egypt. But I don't think it's going to be one of these runaway divisions where it's done no. after week 10. This could probably go to the final week. I think it will. To, do, to, yeah. to decide the top, maybe all four positions in division. Which it, makes it a very, very exciting division to be, um, well, maybe not to be in, but very exciting for, for certainly for the neutral. It, yeah, I think it will be a good Nothing, one. nothing yeah. would give me greater pleasure in week 18 if we... <laughs> even took a tie from Buffalo and stopped them going through because their fans have been insufferable. Their oh, no. fans over the last year have been worse than the Patriots have been for 10 years. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all about celebrating, but they've been, they've been hard to deal with. Um, at least Miami, they, they, they haven't won anything for decades, so it's fine. They're like us. Like, Miami have retired, then, the only, 
But Miami have retired their record now. It can never be beaten because of the extra regular game now. Yeah. So, so it's retired. That was a great achievement. Uh, and it, it's set up now, so that can't happen. That's why we're getting the extra game. And it's just to take that away. Um, but yeah, I, I think this year it'll be Miami first, but then second and third will be tight. And I think that's what will be playing in 16, 17, 18. Yeah, those three weeks. That, all all that, divisional yeah. games in them last three weeks. Yeah. I, I I agree with that, but I think it'll be Bills top, and I think it'll be between Jets and Dolphins for second, and I think Patriots will be coming last. The relegation position. Yeah. Nobody knows about the Patriots this year, did they? That's a, yeah. that's a it. All depends how the D comes back from obviously being off for a year, but all it's all it still all goes back to Cam Newton. Yeah, no. For me, your defense does win your championships, but you still need your offense to put points on the board. They, they can they can keep a team to only scoring seven or ten, but if your quarterback can't lead, you don't feel to score. Yeah, I, I I just look at it. I think the Bills have probably got ten to twelve wins in them. Um, I think the Dolphins have got eight to ten wins in them, and then I think the Jets have probably got about eight wins in them, and then it's however many wins the Patriots can muster up. Mm. You would say the favourites would be definitely everybody's going to go with that. But how often do you see it? Let's say you don't often see it repeat. If you how many times do you predict the, the divisional winners and get them all right? Well, everyone's on the hype train. Everyone's on the hype train. Cleveland, they're going to win north. It could all go belly up for them. Well, everybody always judges it on the year before, don't they? And like you say, we, you've got a complete new 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 rosters, new coaches, etc. Yeah, I think my my nervousness around Dolphins is just is about just keeping those key players fit. Like, if you keep people like Will Fuller fit, then, you know, potentially, but... Yeah, I'm just, I mean, we, I'm we, we, don't, we, don't have a, we don't have an outstanding running game. I mean, if you look at the rankings, like, if you look on Pro Football Forks, they say we're ranked at, like, 31, you know. But just how, just, just how good can Tagovailoa be? That's the, uh, yeah, that's that's the big question. Thing, yeah. Who, who is it, who behind Gaskin? Is it just Michael Brown that you got for Browns? Yeah, the Browns at two. You've got uh, Ahmed who played a few games last year, probably three. Ducks or probably four, maybe three. They do have. Yeah, Gaskin, Brown, Ducks, and then you've got Ahmed Perry. Is it uh, yeah, Patrick Laird. Patrick um, okay. uh, Jordan Scarlett. And Salman yeah. Avid, uh, Ahmed. Ahmed did all right last year. Did all right. If, you know, make you talking a two or three game sample, but I think that's probably going to be your weakest area because Gaskin is the weakest area of the team. Yeah, but yeah, Gaskin, because Michael Brown was in in a Rams in a Rams offense that is is schemed up by McVeigh, which is all around kind of that dynamic running game. He was bang average, if not average to poor. Um, yeah, for again, me, Gaskin. Gaskin. Gaskin's got ability. You know, yeah. he, he's a bit. Is he injury prone? Maybe, maybe not. But it's definitely. It, I mean, everybody expects us to go to draft and, and draft high at running back. In, you know, we, we didn't. We didn't go with that consensus. We obviously, mm. dogs. Dogs is. I think. I mean, I've not seen a lot of dogs, but the tape that I've watched and what I've sort of read about him, I think he's. He's definitely got potential to be better than a lot of people think as well. Do you, Matt, do you think um, Miami might be just thinking maybe spending maybe a draft pick or two on getting Julio Jones? Don't need him. I don't think we need him. I, you know, you look at that. I think we've got a top. I mean, it's difficult to say, but a top ten group there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were mentioned. They were mentioned in a report. So there's one yeah. of the potential yeah. options. Yeah. You've, you've got Waddle Fuller. Um, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. That, I mean, that's four good that's wide receivers four there. Wide receivers there, yeah, exactly. You got, yeah, I think you've, I think you've got more Gizicki, chances Gizicki, to win that. Gizicki's a catching tight end as well. Yeah, I like Gizicki. Yeah. He's a good. I like him. I yeah, like Gizicki as well. He was my uh, top tight end the year he was uh, drafted, and I, I I wanted him so bad. And then he <laughs> He'd have been wasted at the Jets though. Oh, I hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> we, we we don't know what a tight end is. <laughs> You're sounding like Stuart with his crushers now. You've got Tyler Croft though now, aren't you? Yeah, he's um, he's sitting. Is Herndon still at Jets? In in there somewhere, but he's still not in. He's we're still running with Herndon as first. I like Herndon um, as well, but I I can see the Dolphins. 
doing their second draft pick next, second first rounder on uh, Brees Hall next year, the Iowa running back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's going to be like Etienne next year. Um, and I think they're just set for that that next step. And once you get him, yeah. This year... Yeah, it's like a piece in some respects, isn't it? That's, I wouldn't say it's the final piece, but... It, it certainly fills a hole if that hole still exists. So by when the Jets and Dolphins come over to the UK mid-October, what are we hoping for? How the records are looking by the time you come over? And obviously, I'm to you first because Jets are here first. Well, I, I honestly believe the best we could be is three and one. The worst we could be is, well, we're not going to go four and all. Um, I mean, we've got the Patriots at home. If we've got any chance of beating them, it's then. I reckon two and two is probably what we'll go into it at. Because uh, I can see us beating Carolina, New England is a possibility. Denver, we could beat, but let's face it, it's at Denver, so we might just choke. We're going to get battered off Tennessee. Um, I, I don't think we've got anything that can put up against them. Uh, and then coming in week five against Atlanta. Um, obviously, I'm a season ticket holder for the London game, so I'm hoping that we still get our tickets because I am yet to see the Jets lose live. Have you not seen them live yet then? <laughs> that, that was Stuart's first NFL game and it was his worst one he's ever attended it's just it was such a bad game yeah, we, uh, we all tried to sign Chris Ivory on fancy yeah. next day though yeah yeah everybody wanted Chris Ivory that year um, but yeah and then obviously we come back we've got the bye and then back into New England so it's a good thing for us. We get the pats out of the way really early. So hopefully I'll get two games against them without Mac Jones. Uh, that, that, that's the way that I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it thinking, right, if I can get Atlanta before Pitts really beds in, might have a chance. Might not have Julio by then either. Yeah, so Matt, Matt Ryan could throw that game away in the second half at Spurs. It wouldn't be the first time somebody's been done in the second half at Spurs. Um, Broncos, yeah, we could beat them. But we don't know because Broncos are a very different team this year to what they were last year. So, yeah. And then, obviously, we mentioned the Carolina game week one. Uh, Donald versus Wilson. I mean, the only the only thing I'm looking at with Wilson is it's the first time the Jets have had a quarterback who doesn't need to play football. The kid's a millionaire. He was already a millionaire. So he's not in it for the money or the fame or the glory. He's in it because he loves football. We've we've essentially got that player like Brady who will stand there and take pay cuts because actually it's not about the money. He doesn't need the money. We've never had that with anywhere on the field. It's always been about me, 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 give me, give me. I'm hoping that he doesn't go against that. You're depressing me now because we've got Kirk Cousins who's getting 44 million next year. That was, do you know what, right? The day the Vikings signed him was the greatest day of my life because we didn't. I just, I mean, I, I have nothing against Kirk Cousins and I actually think he's a reasonably, you know, in the right scheme with the right team around him, he's a decent quarterback. But he's not £44 million with the quarterback. Not for the not for a hand in to Dalvin that, Cook for most of the game. That puts him rank three for highest paid quarterbacks. See, what what's kind of sells me on uh, Kirk Cousins and his skill set is, have you seen his gender reveal? Where him and his wife are revealing their last baby and he's 10 yards away and he has to throw a hair bill and he hits it two inches from the floor. It's like, you are a $40 million a year quarterback and you just nearly missed the hair bill from 10 yards without any pressure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, Matt, Miami... How would you feel coming into London for the battle of against Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean they've got two divisions at the start. Patriots, obviously, first game at Patriots. You would say we were favourites to win that, I would say. But yeah, I, I feel we can win that. Uh, then we got Bills, tough second game. It's obviously in Miami, but again, I think that's weird. Quite as a week two game, it's pretty pivotal, really. We could. I'm not saying we will, but. 
you can go to you know two games up there. You can actually weirdly we we it wouldn't shock me if we lost to Patriots first game, and then obviously that puts a puts pressure straight away in your second game against Bills. Their game Raiders, I think we'll beat. I think we I'd expect us to win that. I'd expect us to beat the uh, Colts as well, and then we got then we got Tampa before we come come over here. You know, with a bit of luck, you can be four and one, but also we could be two, three, three and two. It's actually not a, a really, you know, easy start in that respect. Um, it's a lot tougher uh, than I thought it was when you've just said it there. <laughs> I was going to say, Colts, worries, Colts and Tampa back to back. Yeah, there's some tough, tough games in there. You know, obviously, coming here week six, you'd expect us to beat Jags in that respect, but. How we start, weirdly, I think is going to dictate, you know, where we go. And then weirdly, we've got after that, you, we go Falcons, Bills, Texans. Again, Bills, we, all right, we get the Bills out of the way by week eight. We've played them twice. We'd expect to beat the Falcons. Like we, if we don't beat the Texans, we ain't going to do well anyway. So. Do, you, do you always feel that each year there's always one team, one or two teams that you expected to just be rubbish and actually turned out to be reasonably good? There's always a surprise, isn't there? Yeah. Really? I don't think Texans are going to fit that criteria. No, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think it's not going to be the Texans. Um, but I just think that there'll there'll be one team that there'll be one team that you expected to do well that'll be poor, and there'll be one team that you expected to be poor that'll do way better than you thought. And it's the team, that team that'll upset the apple cart for a couple of other teams. Because for me, it was the Dolphins last year, and I did not expect the Dolphins to do what they did. Especially with a rookie quarterback and Fitz, and then they went on, you know, ten win season, and they upset quite a few different teams. Well, no yeah, one thought they'd take it to last game. Yeah, big star last game. Let's be honest, but yeah, we were definitely surprised, and there is always a surprise team. That's the beauty of it as well, isn't it? You know that you did that. It's so different well, from year to year. Yeah, I mean, for me, the Vikings were a big surprise. I expected it to be reasonably good, and we were absolutely atrocious. So I, I backed the bloody Vikings to take the division last year. I don't know why. I just thought that, <laughs> that was a massive mistake. But you just picked the wrong Jefferson. Yeah, picked the wrong year. If you'd picked this year, you, you might get him to win it. Yeah, um, I think the Vi- the Vikes have done everything right apart from sign Cousins. Like yeah. that, that, when you look at it, everything you can look I've, at. I've got him cheap. At least I could have got rid of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's the mean, deal to sign him on it. You know, tie himself in for so bloody long is. Well, he's got this stop. year, this year and next year. You got two years with him, haven't you? Really, at least. We Listen, I've got one though. So I'm going to have Sammy Buzzer in a minute because that we haven't got from Richard yet. We're supposed to have buzzers to stop people talking. We're talking about a different division now, which not supposed to be doing on this one. We did that the other week. I'm going to go on mute. <laughs> oh, hang on. Everyone can celebrate now. Stuart's gone on mute. No, we're not supposed to be talking about the bloody Minnesota Vikings. We've spoken about them. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've discussed everything. And obviously, fans coming back in America's myth. It's only Colts who have not announced they're going to have full attendances. Hopefully, when our government make an announcement next week, that's why the NFL tickets haven't gone on sale yet because they're trying to see how many tickets they can have in the UK. Can't see it's going to have to be near to full, and I don't think they would have come over. No, they're not, they're not going to come over for twenty five percent capacity. I think so, it's just pointless, isn't it? I mean, I so, think we've got, we've got so much time, and the way everything's going out, and obviously boosters are due to start in September. For the um, for those needs them, um, they've got they've done the trials this last weekend with football playoffs for the passport. Yeah. So I, I can't see no reason why it won't work. We're a lot well, I, better advanced. I'm, working, I'm working a festival the the 17th, 18th, 19th, and they've got six to eight thousand every day signed off, and it's allowed to go ahead. So yeah, the trial in it. So in that way, isn't it? Well, the, the hope, the hoping for Community Shield, the community, whatever it is in football now, I don't know, call it McDonald's Trophy, whatever it is now. They're saying they want full attendance at Wembley for that on seventh of August. Yeah, so well, that's going to be a big yeah. test, isn't it? Then, well, the Euros are they're hoping to get more in for that. Are they? Yeah, at the Euros are the test because they've got fans coming from other countries, even though they shouldn't be. But if the Euros work, there's no reason why not. There's more time. Everyone will have had the first jab by. 
They're trying to accelerate it to end of June now instead of not July. So fingers crossed. Yeah, so Every- you're talking October, right? We've only just gone into June. So we've got four months to well, obviously you've got to make the decision before that, obviously. But yeah. yeah uh, well, no. over to a game this year. Charles is hoping. Yeah, I'm, I'm due to go to Giants Panthers actually. The nice. week after the Dolphins. So. If I do if I do anything abroad, it'll be I think it'll be last minute now. Me, I've already got the pricing and the planning for week one to go to go to uh, New Orleans and Tampa. That's already in the bag, but we've decided to. So this is me and Ian. We've sort of pulled back a bit now and said, you know, because the, the big problem at the moment, if you try to buy any tickets over there, the sky high. Mm. So um, you know that if it's going to happen, it'll be last minute. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the first week of December. Uh, Cowboys at uh, Nola. Oh, uh, we were, we were going to go Thanksgiving, but a gig that I've got booked over here that got moved from COVID's being moved to the Friday, and I literally can't kind of do it. Oh. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to, uh, going to have to change the game. But I thought I've not seen the Cowboys, and it's always nice to see the Cowboys cry. And it might be the only game that New Orleans actually win this year. So, if you're if you're at Nola, I don't know if you've been before. I've been no. a couple of times. Great indoors, and the atmosphere is second to none. But it's like a concrete jungle outside. It's horrible. You know, New Orleans generally is not a horrible place, but just around the stadium, it's all concrete, yeah, yeah. and there's no like real sort of proper parties and stuff. It's all a bit of a damp squib. But but it's more than made up for the fact of you know getting in the ground and hearing that atmosphere. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of time on Bourbon Street. Don't do it. Don't do it. Bourbon Street's awful. Everything else <laughs> in the French Quarter is great, but Bourbon Street is like going down to Benidorm. Don't yeah, do it. You'll I, be disappointed. I work in alcohol, so loads of parties get held there. Oh, no, no, but it's but it's it's not. You know, it's like it's like Benidorm. But if you like that sort of thing, fair enough. Can I just say we're going to have to end this soon because looking at my view here, it looks like I'm disappearing from the picture slowly as yeah, it gets darker out here. <laughs> it's Which a, a lot of your image is slowly but, getting better. <laughs> yeah, our oh, Stuart's back off mute. But no, it's been. Oh, can I, while we're talking about Stuart can I, and, and crushes and stuff, can I just say that last week I commented on him about his nice new haircut, and he's got a bit of designer stubble going on now. I think he's, he's starting to look quite attractive. I think at this it's point we need to end the show now. Just for you, Charles. Yeah, me later. Thanks, Matt and Anne, for joining us tonight on discussing it on East and. We'll touch base halfway through the season, see where we're doing with these predictions. Yeah, cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been, uh, it has been good fun. Pleasure. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Thank you, guys. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.